So, Joe, I don't know if you've ever been uh, with a woman and you've done the bull rider. It's my favorite thing. When you're, you know, kind of doing it like doggy style. You start off really fast and then slow. And then you kind of start to, like, you know, pace it. And just as she's about to climax, you lean down and you say, Your sister likes this, too. And you try to stay on for another eight seconds. (laughs) Thank you. If only my significant other had a sister. (laughs) It would work. All right. Uh, You you, you can say anybody. You can say your friend or whatever. Mm. That's the whole point. She's about to. You say that and you try to hang on. Right. Good times. Uh, I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And this is Carnival Personnel. Get ready for laughter. <laughs> and three, two, what I really hate about Trump this week. <laughs> yeah. So Get ready for 90 minutes of this. Before, before... Before we get into that, uh, let's let's you know give out the uh, the social media how you can get us. You can get Joe at the Opti Grabber. No, at Twitter. No, uh, you can buy you can buy me. You can find me on Twitter at Opti Grabber. You can find Jacques at on Twitter at the Jacques Four Number Four, and uh, you can find us on that evil media conglomerate. Uh, for now <laughs> for now yeah for now you can find us on facebook at carnival podcast um you know just look it up nobody cares nobody but, but, but the whole point with this is while facebook is still around they're going to be around but they took a beating this week sure did and deservedly so uh, i mean 50 so. million they, they their stock dropped 50 million in one day after that cambridge analytic thing yeah but out. then they recovered half of that the next day it, it, you know yeah wall but, street but, but still it's it's a it's because it's not going to go away. This 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 Cambridge Analytic thing is just going to keep you know dragging on for a little bit, and they, you know they they want Zuckerberg, and he said he's going to come back to the Senate and, and talk. So yeah, yeah, you know he doesn't want to lose favor with the United States government. He wants to play the good guy. But before we get into all that stuff today, on a very positive note, it is the Saturday, the twenty fourth, and there are these marches all over the the world. Um, you know, largely organized or largely driven, and 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 uh, by the kids from Parkland. But it, it is it's a, it's a now it's a huge national movement. It's an international movement. Um, I am very happy and proud to say my ten and seven year old, uh, you know, were out there in Boston today with their mom. I was playing the whole. I broke my ankle in three places, so I'm going to sit here at home and watch it. Yep, typical snowflake watching himself <laughs> melt in his chair. Uh, uh, my oldest one, the ten-year-old, had a sign that said uh, that he made last night. Uh, Only thing I should be afraid of is my grades in school. <laughs> and then the other one is like, "There's no guns in, in uh, Mario games." <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's a Luigi freak. So that 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 was really good. But it was it was great to see. Um, I don't know if they have a number count yet, but I think they had a couple more people at the march in D.C. than at the inauguration. So, um, but it is, it's great. And again, it's, you know, there's, because because Joe and I are old and it's hard to not be too cynical. It's like, well, we'll what will this really get? And again, like Joe pointed out last week, a couple weeks ago, it was a tie that, yeah, on one hand, something got passed in Florida, but on the other hand, the Republicans there can say, well, look, we, we are for responsible, you know, some of them can say say that um but this isn't going away and that's the encouraging thing that you know six weeks later no two weeks later no one's talking about other incidents like this it had cycled out of the news this is not cycled out of the news and it's not there's not been a day where it hasn't been in the news and now that the march has happened and so many people have been part of it i i don't think it goes away and and, and this is what you need 
you know, and we're still six months from elections, but it's great. I think it still needs a, a really snappy, punchline-worthy hashtag. Because Me Too has been around for some yeah. time. But now, you know, us cisgendered, cis white, white male assholes have made hashtag Me Too a punchline. And I've noticed that. It's just like, oh, yeah, now we're belittling something that's supposed to be speaking out against oppressed women. And, you know, we, so, but because it's become a punchline right. for assholes, at least it still keeps the conversation going. Like, oh, yeah, that's still in the consciousness, even if people are making fun of it or, you know, trying to be witty about it. Uh, but the, the gun conversation will always be. Thankfully, the gun conversation will always be in, in, the, uh, in the in the in the in the in the news cycle because there'll be more shootings. Well, I mean, since Parkland, since since that horrible day six weeks ago, seventy three kids have been shot in school during school hours mm-hmm. in six weeks. I mean, I mean that is still you're averaging ten shootings a week nationwide. Yeah, yep, it is awful. But uh, don't worry. Um, not much will happen within uh, this election cycle. <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I think it's great that so many of these kids are 18 or 17. Um, and by November, you know, a lot more of them will, will be turning the corner. And, and, the, and hopefully their activism, you know, makes their moms and everybody. I was interested because I was, you know, half of me was like, yeah, I kind of don't want to tell my parents where, where the boys are headed with their mom today and just listen to, you know, them. But um and you know, my dad did say they're going through Roxbury. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love like that. That's what yes. he took away from it. Yes, they are. <laughs> and even if they were okay, yes, Roxbury is notorious for being a more violent neighborhood, um, especially during the evening hours. But we're talking about a Saturday morning, throngs of people marching thousands through thousands of thousands. Right, right. Like you know, that's what. But you know, because they're going through Roxbury, then you know, that, that, that's a concern. Um, yeah, wow, we are, we are all fucked. But then we I showed them fucked. on TV. It, well, I showed them the clip from the last time I had to take, not have to, from the clip the last time I, the nine-year-old was part of a protest, and that was against the Nazis coming to speak here. It just just fucked. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's, um, it was a fun day. It really was. And so, like, I showed them the clip. There was this whole marching band that was, you know, there, like, not a, not a high school marching band, but, like, a jazz band. And it was it was great. It was fun. It was this big outing type thing. And then when my parents saw it on TV and saw other kids with funny signs or, or fun signs and it, that you see these families out there and stuff like that, they were like, oh, well, hit record and, you know, it, we, we, should, we should look through the crowd to see if we can see them. And it's like, all right, well, don't lose the fact why they're doing it, but... Anyways, I, I'm just happy that the momentum hasn't stopped yet. Yeah, keep them going, keep it going. And then yeah, we got, um, we got. They, I mean, they were on the cover of Time Magazine, the Parkland Kids. They had that 60 Minutes interview last week, which I don't know how many people. I mean, people must have seen that. And you know what? Even if it, as long as it made the air, it's always going to be online, so that you can go watch it. But um, yeah, I think but- it, I think it's great. I think there's. You know, it's something that this generation of kids can sort of latch onto and 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 maybe make a reality when using using their voting power when they graduate high school, because um, you know it's something that directly affects their culture. You know, it's kids coming out like going to school, uh, in being put into harm's way potentially. Um, and yes, we 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 know that you know you can get shot anywhere. You can go to concerts and get shot, but you know you can't ignore the fact that a lot of these school shootings are happening. On school property, uh, by school students. Um, 
So, the, yeah, it's something that does hit home with them. And, you know, maybe they can affect change. And, well, and again, it's like, yeah, w- when they started marching in the 60s and stuff like that, things didn't change that day, but it did. It changed over time. But now you add that level of activism and that level of passion behind something with social media and, and, and the fact that even if it is amazing the time covered, it's amazing that they want 60 minutes. But but truly, it's hard to stifle their voices because, you know, no one knows how to use social media like a 16-year-old girl. So, yep. And I say that in a positive way. If that sounded sarcastic, it was not meant that way for once. Or a 16-year-old boy. Or six, right. Why, or why? 16-year-old trans. Or it does not matter. You are right, Joe. Well, thank you for reining that in. But, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, they have the outlet. They have the platforms and the outlets that weren't there for other movements like this in the past. So. Yeah, we, we've never seen movements um, get squashed by totalitarian governments in the past. Like, uh, the, the what was it, the, uh, the Arab Spring? The Arab Spring. How, how, how did that go? It, uh, it, warmed. it, it, it had its, <laughs> it, it its ebbs and flows. Are we, are, are we in the Arab winter right now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, boy. But on a happier note, I, I, I don't know why I've never heard this story before, but uh, I just recently saw uh, Bill Hader, who was talking about Paul McCartney, who he's met a couple times. Oh, that now I know why he came out, because he hosted SNL last week, and he did his character, um, the, the guy who reviews the club scene. Stefan. Stefan. And at the 40th anniversary you know, party, uh, basically Paul McCartney came up and did the, re- remember when you were on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> he, 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 Stefan is his all-time favorite character, and he's been doing Saturday Night Live himself for four decades. How many times has McCartney been on? Uh, right, he's been doing it for yeah many times. And, and you, you know who uh, the, who who writes Stefan with Bill Hader? John Mulaney. Oh, he that's his. Did you see? So you didn't see the last. I, I episode. didn't yet. Uh, John Mulaney came on as his Stefan's lawyer slash piss uh, conceptual piss artist. <laughs> 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 and, and I love um, uh, oh now who am I blanking and now he's the talk show host who used to host the Seth new- Myers. Seth Myers, like his relationship with, with Stefan was absolutely fantastic I absolutely loved that yeah no it was a good I, I watched didn't a lot didn't they get married or weren't they going to get married well they, no the last Stefan um, appearance was him marrying Anderson Cooper oh, okay alright and it's great and, and but it's great that that you know, Paul McCartney was flaunting over his character. Yep. So there is uh, there is some happiness in the world. Uh, now back to sadness, Jacques. So I, I I've made this point before, and it became clear again. I keep learning the same. I keep learning the same life lessons over. I do not need to come up with any new jokes. I just need new friends on a regular basis. It is so much easier to make new friends than it is new jokes. And I had a, um, I, I, I was at, uh, this This is a four-letter word. I apologize for, for the language. Uh, I was at a work meeting <laughs> the other day. You mean a W word? Yeah. I, I dropped the W word. Um, I've taken a short, uh, it's a four-month gig. There's a new professional arena football team. Um, I think you have to be a professional team to be arena football. I don't think you can get an arena. Yeah, how many pickup arena football <laughs> leagues are there? But uh, there's a new arena football team in Worcester, uh, the Massachusetts Pirates, and uh, the boys were excited because last night, like channel flipping, um, in between the uh, uh, the, the Bruins game, I was watching the Bruins game. Uh, there was commercials for the Mass Pirates, you know, on that. So they were really excited. So now it's legitimate. Now, now that they've seen a, a commercial for the team. 
But I'm sitting around the room and just a couple of the oldest jokes I have, you know, came out, you know, like it was a whole staff meeting. There was like 20 people there and they were talking about gear and they were like getting gear and the coach is like, you know, I can't cut guys until I see a couple practices and gears. People look completely different, you know, in uniform, you know, than running the drills without them. And I'm like, yeah, it's like the Montreal Canadiens and the Titanic. And I can feel everybody looking at me. I'm like, well, they both look great till they hit the ice. And this is that half a second of, okay, I think that's really funny, but I don't know this guy well enough to know if he's a... And there was, there was, you know, all this, you know, and then everybody just, and, and, and then I, I was, I was riffing on some. That's a good icebreaker. Oh, see what he did. Yeah, well, I want to crack the tension a little bit. <laughs> you got one? Uh, did, did, did you, did you drown? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm king of the world. And, uh, and it's, it's funny, it's the same thing. When I got to Doha a few years ago. I didn't know anybody except one person I had corresponded with who runs the hockey league there, and there was a pickup. And we had corresponded maybe a half a dozen times. It seemed like a really nice guy. Met him before the game. You know, a few years older than me. His son plays in the league. He's a teacher at, uh, you know, a Canadian college that's there. Anyways, in the locker room, you know, he's dressing on the other side, and and I got dressed and you know, the long hair and stuff like that. Um, I looked up, but... Had my jersey on, which was a Charleston Chief jersey, and I have these old sunglasses with the sunglasses out, but they're thick sunglasses with tape in the middle. And I yell to him, and, and I, I look up, and I'm putting tinfoil on my hands. It's something on a slap shot. And I say, you know, Dave, do you have any tape? And he, he's the only name I know. And everybody, you know, as he goes to pass me the tape, he realizes what I'm doing, and he dies, and everybody looks over, and all the team is, you know, the guys are from Finland and Sweden and all of, but slap shot is internationally, you know. I have more friends hmm. pulling that old gag and then and then you know over the next you know couple of years it was nothing but the fnh jokes i didn't come up with one new piece of material um so i don't need any new jokes i just have to change up my circle of friends every couple of years and that is locker room talk <laughs> yeah and then and then i said anyways so uh so that that that's my thing um now we'll get into the fun stuff okay uh you, you 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 followed the the what happened in Austin in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, obviously the bomber. Yeah, thank God it wasn't a terrorism though. Right, exactly. Did you see the memes going around where it's a uh, the Family Guy meme? No. It there's a scene from Family Guy. Um, make sure you get that louder next time. <laughs> there's a scene from Family Guy in which Peter is dressed in like um, like African garb, but he's behind. He's driving and he gets pulled over. And then the cop holds up a card with like six colors, like ranging from like light skin to dark skin. The, the light skin portion says mentally ill. The dark skin portion says terrorist. So like <laughs> there's a lot of that going around with this kid. Like, oh, you know, he's not a darkie. He's obviously mentally ill. And that's not unfounded because the Austin police chief basically said like this was a troubled kid who had a mm -hmm. promising future or whatever he was a nerdy kid or whatever but uh, he was a he, he, everything but terrorist like because he wasn't part of isis because he wasn't brown brown um you know he's mentally ill and it just you know meanwhile uh in another part of the country an unarmed black man gets shot 20 times for having a cell phone on him and yeah but he but was it, vandalizing yeah, cars though yeah yeah he was uh in his own backyard 
Well, you, I, I, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's, it's muddy about whether or not he was actually doing the vandalizing, or maybe he was a suspect. But regardless, the fact that you know law enforcement can still and probably for the next ever yeah ever can just unload rounds of their rounds of ammunition on an unarmed black guy um on suspicion that he may or may not have a gun well i mean in that part of the country vandalism is a capital offense sacramento yeah so (laughs) and and they didn't identify themselves but but staying on the austin for a second they they i mean and and how did the austin you know bomber meet his demise uh, funnily enough, um, with his own bomb. So a suicide bomb. Or yeah, but way. you know what's funny about that? He was tipped off. The reason why he left the, his house and was on was in his car. The they they accidentally called the paramedics to his house. Like there was they, they tried to call like there was an accidental nine one one dispatcher like that sent paramedics out but then like they frantically tried to bring him back because they were, they were about to raid his house so they they paramedics arrived before you know the the the, the law enforcement could be saying they were responding to a 911 call he said there is no 911 emergency they left and so did he and that's so when, he, yeah, that's when they pursued him in his car and i mean to make the bombs that he did and that's the fun. That's not the funny thing. It's not the funny thing. The odd thing. No military training. Like, like didn't you know? Didn't have a degree in science or engineering or, or any kind of thing like this. But he was nerdy. Don't forget. Right. But that's it. And how many bombs total was it? Was it like eight or nine? Right. I mean, he had. Um, and they were all targeting. Eh, maybe, maybe not targeting, but they were all shipped to predominantly darker people. Oh. Maybe well to do, but no racism. No, except for the tripwire. That was that was an equal opportunity. Right, like that was like you know free for all. That was like his. I can't be racist. I set up a tripwire right. for anybody, and and it, it, it is. It it always gets back to the same thing. It's like I don't remember. I don't remember them saying the Vegas guy was. It was an act of terrorism, which I mean. It, but in something like this, where it's it, you're you're trying to. Inflict terror as much as damage. I think it's because terrorism is defined as inflicting harm in order to further a political goal. Because this wasn't tied to anything political, it was just essentially a nutty guy. Um, They're not deeming it as terrorism, which, okay, fine. Um, But maybe that... Definition should be changed. I don't know. And, and this guy was a white Christian, as I as I recall. I believe or so. raised a white Christian. Yeah, he was. Yeah, a white guy. He was a Christian and a self described psychopath. Now, why haven't we started questioning the people at his church, the elders at his church, or the pastor? Where did he become radicalized? I know. I, I probably at birth, because it's one of those things. If this was a brown kid, they would they would be talking to the imam at the mosque. They would want to know, you know, where where these is it online? Did he find this out? Or are you preaching this in the church, like or the mosque? And 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 again, I, I know it's the same thing all over again. But it's like he's not a terrorist, and they're not questioning his parents or you know. And 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 where did he come from? So what wall could you have built that would have prevented this from happening? Yeah, right. And I get it. Oh, I get it. So, so another homegrown white Christian person yeah. who's not a terrorist just inflicts terror across the city and a nation by planting a series of bombs over a few weeks. Yep. So, I don't know. Maybe that says something about non-white 
people. Like, they, hey, man, maybe you know, maybe you got to step up your game if you're going to be more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It balls the bombs in your court yeah. now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, but this is an awful thing, and it's yeah, it's just another example. But of, but in the, in the same news cycle, like you said, here's a guy in Sacramento, and the, and what I had heard, you know, had a cell phone in his hand, was at his own house. The police didn't identify themselves. And lit him up like a Christmas tree. Yep. And then when after he was uh, taken down, they muted their microphones for five minutes. Gee, that's that's really an interesting thing. Well, that's you know, it's actually legal for them to mute their microphones when they're discussing things with a supervisor. Well, and again, you know, our, our friend of the podcast, you know, Mr. Taylor, who's done unfortunately very well in the world for himself at the hands of wrongful death by like you know different law enforcement agencies and it's amazing you know i remember like this one case he had where there were 16 officers involved in in a in an incident and like when their supervisor got there they huddled up for an hour and it's like now if this was the other way around they would have kept everybody in the shooting involved in a shooting separated so they couldn't get their story straight and the sad thing is the reason he did so well in this case is even though they had you know enough time to talk before um, what, what do you call it? Internal affairs got there and started questioning them. They had over an hour. Uh, they still couldn't get their story straight. And through testimony, cop one contradicted what cop two said, who contradicted what cop three said, who, you know, you go right down the line. But yeah, the fact that these, the fact that these body cam things and, and these dashboard videos have brought to to the public eye what a lot of people have been saying for decades that hey this is goes on this is what it's like to get pulled over and be black this is what it's like to have an expired plate in the wrong skin tone in the wrong town versus you know me when i got pulled over like you know six months ago i told you uh i didn't come to a full stop i did a rolling stop at a stop sign and the cop pulled me over and, you know, I made a joke about, oh, stop signs with the white borders, they're stop chanels, and, you know, and it was laughing, and we got, you know, yeah, yeah that, that's not happening if I wasn't, you know, pasty, you know. Um, but anyways, let's, uh, that, so, so now that we got all that, unless you got anything, Thursday, how was your Thursday, Joe? Well, let's see, it was um, kind of uneventful because we were expecting a major snowstorm here. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But I'm not here to talk about the weather or the lack thereof. We're here to depress you even further <laughs> with more goings on in our what used to be known as the White House. What? Uh, so, so I, I did because I'm not smart and I had to write them down on Thursday. Each and any one of these things would be an entire cycle. You know, um, and, and and one of the, the one that I put first on the list got completely lost in the cycle. The the the. Twitter battle between Joe Biden and <laughs> Blotus. Right. I mean, if Trump wants to pay for that wall, just sell tickets to a Trump versus Biden showdown and <laughs> you will raise the funds. Because, man, I think everybody in America and the world would pay to see that fight. I mean, honestly, let, let's let's break. Oh, see, this is this. This is the kind of stuff we need Jim for because Jim's the fight guy, you know, yeah. and, and to break this one down. I mean, you know, Blotus probably has the size and the reach. Uh-huh. Um, Biden, though, you know, I don't seems, know. Biden's a tall guy. Is, is he as tall? Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't have a I mean, doubt. his tie is shorter than Trump's. That's true. <laughs> right. 
But he, uh, w- w- how long do you think the fight would go? I don't, I don't see it going past three rounds. No, I mean, I, well, no, um, I don't because I think once you're, once Trump runs out of the ring, he's counted out after 10 seconds. Right. So, okay. <laughs> that, you know, that's pretty much the end of the fight. Uh, but the, yeah, I mean, we're talking about, well, Joe Biden said something very flippant and very, you know, um, very direct toward the president saying that, you know, he, this is the kind of stuff where he would, you know, take this per, this kind of person aside and smack him around a bit. Or, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. But right. Yeah, that he would beat him. He would beat up. Um, and then it got back to Trump. Uh, and this is something that, that he had said a, a while ago, and it just had resurfaced um, recently. But then it got back to Trump, and Trump decided to, you know, waken wake and bake. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of the 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 wake and tweet. The wake and bake. Yeah, the wake and tweet where he uh, he goes on that Twitter rant about how he, uh, sh- you know, Joe Biden shouldn't bully people. It's just and 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 again, people forget, and I mean this in all seriousness. Like Joe Biden is a gold star parent. Like he's another one that you know you, you just can't be you know saying awful things about like you know everybody all the time. Oh, but you can, and he does. <laughs> so that's how the day started. That's how the day started. But then as as the uh, as the wee hours of the morning turned to the mid hours of the morning, you find out that the head of his legal team said, "Yeah, fuck that. I'm out of here." Wasn't fired. Was was flat out it's like. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't rep this guy anymore. He's just too batshit crazy. I'm done. Goodbye. You know, um, and 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 it was, you know, it's it's hysterical because you know, Blotus has a history of not paying lawyers, and he also, you know, has had trouble getting top notch legal, you know, people to come on his team. How is that possible? He hires the best people. Only only the best people who will say yes to the job, <laughs> and. Be okay with me, maybe or maybe not paying him. Right, exactly. Yeah, accepting contracts that don't have my signature on them. <laughs> so, so he does. He he loses. So the whole thing with Biden would have been a whole day. I mean, it would have started at like the 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 wee hours, the morning Joes, and gone through to the you know the Rachel Maddow through the night. But that's no. But then you get his. Uh, that was six a.m. It was six a.m. by nine. You know his his lawyer quits, isn't fired. But if you were confused, if he was gonna fire anybody that day. You got you got that list. Yep. So he hire, he fires H.R. Uh, McMaster, who was uh, quote unquote one of the adults in the for months. We've been hearing that like luckily there's a couple adults in the room that that will will have him walk things back or maybe not have him say things. And I I, I don't know if it was McMaster who wrote in bold letters, "Do not congratulate <laughs> President Putin for his sham victory." I also think it was McMaster who uh, who months earlier wrote, "Don't look directly at the sun during the <laughs> eclipse." Uh, I think somebody wrote to him, "Don't run for president one year." And yeah, uh, right, yeah, it, you know, don't you know, don't let the docket people stay. You yeah, know, yeah. So you got, but seriously, he fires he fires him, which again would have been a whole new cycle. Except, oh wait. Somebody at the White House and the senior staff got fired. Well, this must be one of those days in it and why. And then uh, he hires and he announced the hiring in the same tweet because you're going to fire and hire somebody. You know, again, got to be efficient. Uh, 
John Bolton, who has everybody saying, oh, okay. Great. I celebrate that man's entire catalog. <laughs> I'd give you anything if it was Michael Bolton. Like, literally, <laughs> if you told me he got confused and hired Michael Bolton <laughs> and that we would be subjected to Michael Bolton music on a regular day, I'd take it. Oh, yeah. I'd take I'd it. I'd take it as a but, new but, national anthem. But what is what is your favorite Michael Bolton song? I, I, I got to say... I gotta say, all of them. <laughs> That's I am the same way. <laughs> I celebrate that man's entire cattle. So, so, and again, I mean, you're going back in two in 2004. He was up to be um, the ambassador to the UN, right? And he couldn't get past the Congress or the Senate, which is interesting because they had a majority. Like, like they had, I don't know if it was over 60%, but they could have got him in easily. Um, and they got turned down, and he was a recessed appointment. Like, you know, you know, W snuck him in during the recess appointment. And, and one of the reasons a lot of people said he can't be ambassador to the UN is he was famously had given a speech just months before saying the top 10 floors of the UN are completely wasted, and if, you know, they went away, like... No one would care. Yeah, right. Like there, there would be no United Nations without the the power of the United States, um, and that the United States' one and only concern should be the welfare and well being of the United States. End of list. And, and then this is a guy who has more often. Well, he was the he was one of the architects of the of the. The, the the war that still rages on this like fifteenth you know. year anniversary by the way happy anniversary Joe oh happy anniversary I forgot I I meant to give you um you know something for to to commemorate the occasion but I I didn't have a dead Iraqi so it. your your younger son has as you know mine they they in their entire lifespan. The U.S. has been in war with these, you know, two Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's be honest, about four or five. Muslim but countries. hey, some of them are puppet governments. Yeah, no, that's true. Let's congratulate them on their election wins. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but Bolton is a guy who is very much against the the um, the you know Iran deal, and he's publicly has has lobbied publicly for years about a preemptive nuclear strike in North Korea. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who is now going to be telling unhinged, you know, bloaters, go with your gut on this one. And by the way, did you see that how how John Bolton reacted to the news on Fox News? Because he's a Fox News contributor. Yeah. He was dumbfounded. He was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I've yet to accept the, uh, the, the appointment. I don't know how to, you know, quite comment on getting the new job because I'm still a Fox contributor. Um, but yeah, he didn't even like know that well, he was hired. Well, because it, yeah, it, it, the tweet went out. You yeah. know, it's just like last week, Rex Tillerson finding out like everybody else via Twitter after he had been fired and stuff <laughs> like that. And, and look, I didn't get a chance to put together the list. And I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say this. Uh, and maybe I'll put it together by next week. There is literally over half a dozen people hired in the last year. You know, or actually the last several months by Blotus, who are Fox consp- correspondents and contributors. It's crazy how the uh, the government's turning into Fox News, former Fox News people. It, 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 Fox News used to be the, the propaganda wing of the Republican Party. And, you know, that's something that Bernie Sanders was saying during his election. I remember he was on Rachel Maddow this couple months before, like, you know, he didn't Speaking win the Speaking of propaganda wings. And he said, he goes, he wishes... You know, if he, could, if he could do one thing, he would have a Fox News channel 
for the other side. That's what MSNBC is trying real no, hard to be. because they actually have people on and conservatives and they have other points of view and, and they don't yell over them or scream over them or right. sandbag them. Well, that's know? what they said. That's why I mean they're trying to be, but they really need to try harder. They need to be trying. I wish they would. Um, really? No. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. But, but it would be nice to have like the brainwashed masses numbers, like the absolute. But that it is scary. So, so. It's now it's now gone from that and, and Fox News. Well, but remember, like Blotus when he was running, like you know he had battles with Fox News. But as soon as he became the nominee, you know they all fell into line. And now it goes completely the other way. It used to be he would say something, and then they would defend it. Like he would say something batshit crazy, and they would either say, "Well, this is what he really meant," or you know, "Well." X, Y, and C, and this is why it's okay he said it. And they would either, you know, champion it or apologize, you know, for you not understanding what he was trying to say. Now it's gone the other way. And then Roger Ailes died. Right. Well, he was fired and then he died. And now there's a whole new guard at Fox News. But the scary thing is you used to see, you know, even when this started, like, or during the campaign, bloaters would say something and then they would champion it. Mm-hmm. Now it's, it's funny because they'll say something and a half hour later, he's tweeting it. Like, like it, it is, instead of getting a news from an advisor, he truly is getting his... Fox isn't getting their talking points from the GOP anymore. The GOP is getting its talking points from Fox News. Yep. Great. And the, if you want a job in the White House, you just got to get a job as a talking head correspondent on that. But that that was all just Thursday. That was, Oh, and I'm sorry. Yeah, there's one more thing. And then the one more thing... So this is the third time we were going to have a government shutdown in the last six months. Mm-hmm. And each and every time, it's a fucking game show with him. Oh, well, you got to pass this bill. And then when they, when it gets passed to the House and Senate, I'm not sure if I'm going to sign it. So on Thursday, he played the whole, well, I'm probably going to veto it, but I'll decide tomorrow. It's it's like he is writing the cliffhanger for like, you know, uh, you know, not slanting. Yeah, we, right, right. We just need an, like the, the maudlin organ player in the background for his dun, soap dun, opera. Dun, yeah, it's it's pretty gross. But then, of course, when he signs it, he goes, um, you know, he slams there. He slams the bill for not having enough money or not having any money for for DACA, which he, which again, yeah, yeah he, which they didn't pro, they didn't solve the problem I created. And not enough money for the wall, but I'll sign it anyway. But I'm never going to sign a bill like this again. But but that's the thing. That was all on Thursday, and the whole game show thing of it. What's great, which came out Friday. Because nobody read it. I mean, I mean, my problem with all of these bills, my problem with the Patriot Act, the Patriot Act was delivered to senators in the wee hours of the night and was voted on five hours later. I don't care if you are the greatest, most prolific reader in the history of the world. You can't read and comprehend a thousand pages in a few hours. Right. This, this was a 2,000-page document. Now, most of the time, they hide little... Um, they're like little pork barreling stuff. Look, there. there was a five-page. Oh, there we go. There was a five-page, um, f- more funding for Russian sanctions, and nobody, nobody is taking credit for having snuck it in there. But there's a five-page part in the middle of these two thousand pages, which passed through the House, which passed through the Senate, which it passed. You know, which blow to sign that appropriates more money from combatant Russian tampering, which has more sanctions, you know, on Russia that that he didn't realize he signed into law. Uh-huh. Like, like nobody pointed that out. Oh, to no, him. then he better enact that. 
you know, he better enact those sanctions now that he signed it into law. Well, like he did last time. Well, it, well, and isn't that great? Like his last official public address, you know, Rex gave before getting fired was, "Yeah, we're siding with the UK on it," and then he gets fired. Same thing. McMaster's. But anyways, so all these things, here are six major things that would have been an entire week of news cycles all in one fucking day. And a lot of people think, hey, I wonder how much of that is because the girl from Play Playboy, the model from Playboy, had her sit down one-on-one interview with Anderson Cooper. And he was just, I mean, I mean, is it, is it, is that really a possibility that all of this, that he fired the, you know, his, his chief uh, um, you know, advisor, because he was trying to distract the news cycle. No, I think it's just a, a happy coincidence. Although I, I, ha- I have to think that because I can't imagine that he would, on a whim, just start firing people to distract the uh, media and distract the rest of the country from uh, unfavorable reports about him and, and the people around him. You don't think he's that fucked up? I kind of do, um, but. Um, you know, I, I just, I can't, something inside me says no. I, I, I don't think he's that together. Let me just put it that way. I know that he's, he's fucked up, but I don't know if he's that calculated. I, I think it's just all, there's so many things happening at once that, yes, it, maybe it is just, a, I think it's just a coincidence that these things are happening at the same time. But I don't think that there's any sort of calculated effort. Although maybe the only other, the only thing, the only way that that could be feasible is that if he, he has people in mind like does he have a checklist like a hit list somewhere like these are the people that i'm going to eventually fire i'm just waiting for the right time to do it i think i think so and and unfortunately everybody's hiring is now a kiss up and you know so so the kelly thing the 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 chief of staff who is always is he the next to go topic of conversation now bloaters has floated out there it's like why do i need a chief of staff That, that he wants to do the job himself he wants to do all the jobs himself. Like he doesn't need a national. He's his own national security advisor. He's his own secretary of state. He's his own ambassador to the world. Um, he, yeah, he's his own boss. And so that's interesting. So what, like you were saying, as we record this, we are twenty twenty seven hours away from the stormy Daniel's sixty minute thing. So if something happens now between now, if something happens tomorrow morning, something stupid, middle of the afternoon, he fires Kelly. Or he fires a missile or something like that, which I wish I wish was just funny. But I did want to put this on the list that uh, that yeah, uh, not all not all the bad politicians out there are Republican. I mean, there are no good Republican politicians, but there are some bad Democrats. Joe, were you aware that the Jews controlled the weather? Duh. <laughs> And, and and luckily, you know, uh, now now that uh, I think his name is uh, Trayon White, a uh, councilman from D.C. last week, uh, went well out on a limb to point out that all these storms are being created. Uh, and, and look, I, I believe it. I just haven't figured out how the Jews are making money from me being snowed in without electricity for two days a couple of weeks ago. It's like the uh, the, the South Park uh, underwear gnomes. <laughs> First, you get the underwear. Step two, question mark, equals profits. <laughs> so I'm sure that they do control the weather. Granted, we all understand that. We just have to figure out how they turned me being snowed in 
with my awful children with no power for two days into a windfall. Well, obviously the Jewish people run Big Plow. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. So, or Big Salt. Big Salt. Well, see, now I'll have to ask, is my brother-in-law, you know... Uh, he, he's a street, you know, he, he, he has street performer. He, oh, he's, he's put on quite a few performances. I'll, I'll say that some of them have been out in the street, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, when, when he said that, everyone's like, wait, what? But he's a street. What, what did you, I, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, no, but he's a, I mean, he has a, a, a landscaping business, but you know, a good four months of the year here, there ain't much landscaping. So he, you would think like plows. if the Jews control the weather, there'd be like there would be uh, more Jewish weather consultants for all of these outdoor landscaping companies. Like, exactly. Let me check with my Jew to see <laughs> if there's going to be any weather. So just just so we are fair and balanced, when a Democrat says anything so galactically racist, anti-Semitic, or stupid, we'll point that out as well. Yeah, and if you know they go far enough, we'll drum them out of the Senate. <laughs> right. No, we won't. We'll make him president. <laughs> no, no. Remember with the Al Franken and oh uh, yeah, but he was Jewish. Oh, oh I don't did it. Blowing your mind. <laughs> they can control the weather, but not the Senate. Um. So and and you know and let's not get into this much because we'll, we'll see if it even happens. But the new uh, the new appointee for CIA, it's it's a little bit ambivalent right now. I don't know if that's the right word. Ambiguous. Ambiguous. Whether or not there is uh, international uh, warrants out for her f- arrest for war crimes because she ran a black. Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, um, Gina Hespel. She is the nominee for the new. Uh, for for the CIA, and she ran a I think it was was it in Taiwan, Taiwan Thailand. She ran a black ops off the books torture U.S. Um, a U.S. facility, okay. and it's it's whether now if and I think it was like people in Germany were saying, well she can't come to Europe because there's a there's a you know a war crimes tribunal awaiting to happen. So whether that are you, are you looking that up now, which. No, no, no. I'm checking my Twitter. You were saying? <laughs> but anyways, on that happy note, uh, are we... Are we, are we <laughs> Wait, why are we bringing these topics up and not commenting on okay, them? Okay, no, like, no, no. But, but, but I don't know what to say about this. Yeah, so there's a, a possible CIA nominee, a head CIA, CIA nominee who may have committed war crimes. Uh, right. And that's the kind of people we're promoting to the very... Like, she, she would be the Betsy DeVos of the CIA. Uh-huh. Well, no, I'm not... That's not a fair comparison because Betsy DeVos isn't good at what she does. But this woman might be one of the best, like black ops torture facility I mean, managers she ever. She was the the director of the National Clandestine Service when Obama was in office for a couple of months, um, February twenty eighth, twenty thirteen, to May seventh, twenty thirteen. And yeah, she was. Uh, I'm just. I don't know. I'm I'm just reading her Wikipedia entry, and it's. You know, it's it's pretty, I don't know, pretty all over the place. Uh, co- attracted controversy for her role as a chief of a CIA black site in Thailand in tw- 2002, in which prisoners were tortured. The ACLU has accused her of being a war criminal. Okay, all right. Um, so what do we want to do about it? Do we want to march or do you want to hashtag? <laughs> what do we do? I, I got time. We want to go to the funk spots for the week. Okay. <laughs> march. I was overweight and looked terrible, but AIDS helped me lose 46 pounds. 
The AIDS diet plan helped me lose 28 pounds. AIDS helps control your appetite so you lose weight. Yet AIDS lets you taste, chew, and enjoy. And the appetite suppressant in AIDS is not a stimulant. AIDS helped me to lose 18 pounds, and it doesn't contain anything to make me nervous. Question, why take diet pills when you can enjoy AIDS? AIDS helps you lose weight without making you jittery. So, uh, again, where uh, where this is a one-man's you know, quest to prove that I'm not a misogynistic pig. Um, I'm using this to make up for all the horrible things I say. I would drag Joe in it too, but he doesn't tell misogynistic, awful jokes all the time. Like, you know, what do most housewives say when they're having sex? What? The ceiling needs painting. Uh. <laughs> What's the difference between your wife and a job? Huh? Your job still sucks after two years. Go. <laughs> All right. So anyways, now that I just and, – and look, I don't feel that way, of course. I'm just pointing out that some people make misogynistic jokes like that. But where it's March – what, what kind of misogynistic jokes? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> don't yell. Oh, man. So it's like if you're trying to sit down and watch a game and she keeps coming into the kitchen to nag you about something, what did you really do wrong? You made the leash too long. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but where it is March, it is Women's History Month, uh, and we are a, uh, a show that likes to talk yucks now and then. Uh, and each week we've, uh, we've pointed out a favorite female um, comedic personality. This week, I present to you one, Julia Louise Dreyfus. That is a fantastic... He just showed me a, a picture of her um, having the Constitution tattooed on her back. Yeah, and it's being signed by John Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, she's... Uh, it's, the, it's the famous Rolling Stone one that came out a couple of years ago where she's uh, nude, but it's, uh, it's, it's very provocative and very... Easy on the eye. She, and funny. She is a fantastic, funny person. And because, you know, well, because of your age, Joe, she's not not been on a major show yep. in your lifetime. Yep. She started out, in, for the most part, uh, on Saturday Night Live. 81. Uh, no, 85. Yeah, was that? Okay. That was, All right. her, her season was the uh, Robert Downey Jr. No, wait, it, was, it wasn't the Robert Downey Jr. She was maybe earlier. No, 82. Oh, she okay. was Seinfeld 82. Oh, right, because, yeah, she was one with the Harry Shearer. Right, right. Group. Okay. Yeah, and so, so she was on that for a few years, uh, you know, which... You know that met her husband, uh, you know, on the show at the time. But he, uh, she went right. Well, not right from that, but she she did a bunch of other shows here and there. You know, bit characters uh, before Seinfeld for the, the number one show for what it lasted nine years. Yeah, and eight of those nine years, it was the number one show in television. Mm-hmm. My and 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 you might think I'm kidding when I say this. My favorite Jula. Luis Dreyfus vehicle uh, management and I were huge fans of the, of the uh, new adventures of old Christine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Great Clark was on that show. Who you know, um, you know, goes on to be Colson. Uh, Wanda Sykes was on that show. I'm not a huge fan of her like stand up, but she was great on that show. Uh, it is the, the the wife and I absolutely, absolutely loved that show. Um, I don't have HBO, but I've heard nothing but amazing things. And every time you see clips and feep. Yeah. And let us not forget her uh, role in the 1989 classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. She was the the yuppie next door neighbor. Do you remember that? I do. And that that is your favorite of the Lampoon. It's in in your top ten movies. 
I don't know about top 10. I mean, top 10, top 10, yeah, top 10 comedies. Yeah, maybe. Do you have any movies in your top 10 that are comedies? Ah, uh, you're right. You're okay. right. Sorry, Star Wars. What? You're somewhere oh, in the 30s. Oh, that. I will punch you in the balls. <laughs> if I knew which jar your wife hit your balls in, I would take it off the shelf and I hit know them. something. I won't tell. I won't tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, well, and, 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 you know, even she does appearances on a lot of other shows. Uh, I think she did a um, Amy Schumer show like last year, mm-hmm. and it was it was a really great. Um, I think she, uh, Amy Schumer was going for a hike, and she stumbles upon a party of all these like famous actor women in the woods, and they were celebrating Julia Louise Dreyfus' last fuckable day. <laughs> That's the name of the episode, Last Fuckable Day. Oh, and it's great. And she's like, wait, you're still beautiful and hot. Yes, but at this point, I won't get a role based on being fuckable. I get a role on being somebody's, like, you know, mom or, you know, like this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. but I won't get another role because I walk in the room and a producer will say, oh, yeah, she's fuckable. And they were celebrating, you know, that she had passed that that point in her career. Wow. It, was, it, it was, but she is, she's really, really funny. Um, you know, she, she, uh, she is. I mean, she must have a few money. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I don't know what, I mean, she just likes to act. I guess, like yeah. that's why she's still. That's working. what she does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, any anybody like that? Because, like I said, I mean, so eighty two, so ninety two, two, so, so thirty five plus years, mm-hmm. and we're talking. It's only a couple years between, you know, Saturday Night Live and Seinfeld, and it's only a couple years between Seinfeld and New Adventure. I think it lasted three or four seasons, um, and then it was only a few years between that and Veep. Yep. And it's not like in those off years she was sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. You know, she was constantly popping up on other shows and like you said, like, you know, bit parts and movies and stuff like that and here and there. So she's not been out of work and not out of the public eye in 35 years. So, yeah, she more than has enough fuck you money. Um, and we were talking about it earlier. I guess Joe Biden was a huge, huge fan of Veep. Okay. Um, so. Of course. Well, you know, he was. That's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, no, and 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 it's great, you know. Um, but what's great about Veep is that it's sort of like what if Sarah Palin had become president, right? I mean, eventually she becomes the president. Spoilers. Um, what? Yeah, shocker. But uh, I, you know what? I have HBO. I've only watched a few episodes of Veep because I'm just a bad person. I, you pretty, know, pretty much. Yeah, Agreed. I'm a yeah. really, really bad person and a fool. Uh, she met her husband. No, I actually, I think she met her husband at Northwestern University. Okay, and which where her son plays on the Northwestern uh, University basketball team now. They met at, so they were just coincidentally both hired at Saturday. And that, I don't know if one got the job and brought the other award or vice versa, but I think that's what happened. Okay. Or, or maybe they went to the same university. But either way, just yeah. focusing on her and her career. Right. Um, Liz, uh, Liz, now let's make it about the man in her life. Liz, exactly, and, and all the contributions that he <laughs> made. Yeah, um, uh, I keep Tina Fey. I said Liz Lemon. Um, she, Tina Fey, said uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus was one of the inspirations between behind the. Uh, the character Liz Lemon. Yep. So, and again, that's. And I guess she played Liz Lemon in an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why she had her. And 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 look, and that's and that's all the comedians, female comedians we've talked about. It's it's the legacy that they've left behind. It's it's the doors that they've opened to the roles. And then Julia Louise Dreyfus has famously said, you know, a number of times that, you know, she uh, she she 
applauds like the women, like herself, who will make themselves look stupid in the name of comedy. It aren't afraid of being the butt or the joke. Aren't afraid of, you know, they don't always have to be the hip together, you know, cool one. That she's not afraid of, you know. And 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 of course, you know, there's a lot of things like on Seinfeld where you know she, she was no George, but like you know, she didn't always make the right decisions and wasn't afraid of you know playing kind of the fool to get the laugh. I'm reading her Wikipedia entry, and, and it says uh, um, when she won her sixth straight primetime Emmy Award for leading um, actress in a comedy series, it set a new record for t- the TV veteran as she surpassed both Candace Bergen and Don Knotts to score the most wins by a performer for the same role in the same show. And I'm just, you know, uh, uh, astounded that Don Knotts had yeah, won right. six Emmys for playing Barney Fife. Or was it Mr. Furley? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But uh, yeah, she, her win also tied her with Cloris Leachman as the most uh, Emmy wins by a performer. So, and and and, and we probably want to cap it by wishing her the best in her recovery because she was diagnosed with breast cancer and I think she's you know, undergoing treatment for that. So, but she's still you know it's great you know get it. She's not like hanging up saying, "Well, that was a nice uh, nice career. had a good run had a good run." I'm just gonna go uh, you know uh, bow to cancer now. And again, she's not you know waiting for the. Uh, the the Seinfeld reboot. She's not waiting for the old Christine reboot. Right, she's, she's not, not waiting. She's not at like you know those signings. You know, like right, those, right. <laughs> the has been signings. You know, sorry. Um, you know, has beens. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I aspire hey, to be a has. From from two never wases. <laughs> we give anything to have been has beens. Um, well, we salute you, Julia Louis Dreyfus. So now, uh, so when I when I. Did the rundown yesterday and sent it to Joe's approval about um, <laughs> approval. We, we got to the, the sport section. I wasn't going to have, and maybe I should have mentioned this earlier, the only the only thing I had on there um, was uh, either, you know, they mentioned the arena football gig or do a segment on this week in the WHA. But to tie it into Parkland, apparently um, Robert Kraft had uh, donated his jet to fly a bunch of the Parkland, you know, um, people up to dc great because the pats need good press right now they need some really positive press i mean no that's not why he did it at all i don't care why he did it he did it and it's yeah, great you know? I know i mean stop being so cynical joe no it's okay it, look it's okay to question it but it's like you know if if he's doing this is this a billionaire's way of saying yeah and our nra or whoever like publicans i might have supported in the past or support i i'm for this I don't know what to think anymore. I mean, honestly, it's just like, you, 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 you know his his ties with the president. You know he's a Republican. It's like, okay, we want, and yes, we want unity, and yes, we want all this stuff, but I don't know. I, I It's fine. I mean, it's good that, it, that he's... It's good that it happened. It, it, this is a good thing. Yes, it's real good. We could talk that Gronk's house got broken into, yeah. and there was a restaurant. There. Yeah, exactly. I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm not going down that. But I will, I will say, and I told Joe I would do this... Any people living in in uh, earshot or or driving distance, or the Wista Center, I'm sorry, the DCU Center, who wants free tickets to the Mass Pirates Arena Football inaugural home opener April seventh, they can just uh, tweet at Joe the Show or myself. Yeah, just put it on our Facebook page uh, with the with the uh, subject. Uh, really? 
<laughs> but yes, because uh, I, I did. I took I took the job as uh, director of game day operations. Uh, I I don't know who Kid Ink is. I'm supposed to be impressed, but we have someone named Kid Ink who's doing the uh, opening halftime or the halftime show of the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I'm serious. So so that will wrap it up on sports and bring it to my favorite time of the podcast, the random. Video game review of the week. God blesses everyone. This is the part of the show that I hate the most. It means that I have to talk independently for more than 10 seconds, which means also that I have to get up off my fat arse and go over to my wall of Nintendo games, not look at what game I'm going to pull off the wall. Jacques will tell me where to pull it off. You know. Hashtag me too. See, see, some asshole guys have taken that. Yeah, right. That was your parody. Uh, that was your imitation, imitation of an asshole. Of an asshole doing it. Right, right. So here, without further ado, here's me going over to the wall of my game so that we can uh, have more fun. I mean, of all the things that upset me about having the broken ankle and having to have it raised while I'm doing this, it's not having the privilege of picking the game. Here he goes. Big money, big money, big money. No whammies, no whammies. And stop. I'm getting the book. Oh, I think you. I think you picked. I think you picked a good one. I think you picked a good one. Hold on. Let me get my cans on. All right. So it's not Major League Baseball, and it's not Mega Man. Ooh, what is it? What do I have that starts with? Is it uh, Marble Madness? It is Marble Madness. Yeah! Jacques knows what this game is, right? You have to, right? I do not. Oh, this was more popular in the arcade than I think on Nintendo. Oh, okay. Uh, Marble Madness is, uh, yeah, it's the Nintendo version is the port of the very popular arcade game where you would control this rolling marble uh, along many um, along many courses uh, with a in the arcade you would use a one of those like track balls um, so Robert would probably really appreciate this game because I think he's a big track ball fan um, and uh, but on the Nintendo you didn't have a track ball adapter you had to use the controller so it was a little cumbersome. But you did have the option to either control it using the 90 degrees, like the way that the controller is set up normally, or you could tilt it to 45 degrees and control it that way, which, I don't know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I sucked at it no matter what control I used. But this is a a kind of a... It is a difficult game, and it's all about, you know, points and getting to the end as fast as possible. And um, I never made it past, I think, the third or fourth stage uh, ever. And so this is one of those, like, kind of 10-minute games... Like you do, you don't sit here for hours playing Marble Madness unless it's you're like the this is like the only game you were given as a child and you weren't allowed to buy any more video games ever. Um, but I think it's a fun port. It's 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 okay. It's got a it's got a couple of nice chip tune chip tunes to go along with the game. Um, but I think that's enough talk about Marble Madness. No, no. When when did uh, NES? When did the uh, PlayStation Two come out? Uh, I think ninety nine. Okay, so so that, that oh, was your microphone one. is um yeah yeah. Hello, good there morning. There we go. Good morning. <laughs> Righty oh, tidy. Yeah. There we go. Lefty Lucy. Yeah. Although that doesn't really adjust the uh, the tilt. That's a different uh, mechanism. Anyway, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't, don't pull back the fourth wall, Joe. 
So now I'm going to look up in the Ultimate Nintendo Guide, the uh, Ultimate Nintendo, the NES Guide to the a Guide to the NES Library. Who fucking cares? Uh, what do you give it for stars? I'm going to give it four stars. No. Nice. And I'm going to say... When do you think the last time it made its way into your NES system? Uh, not too long ago. Actually, I, I had a friend over, and we played it on an... N- I don't remember being here playing it. See? <laughs> and um, I have an emulator box where you can play, like, you know, stolen arcade games off the internet. And I also have a, a controller that's set up like an arcade joystick. It's called the X-Arcade Tank Controller. I forget what the fuck they call it. Um, but it has a trackball on it. So we were playing the Marble Madness arcade version with the trackball and everything, and it was a very authentic experience in the comfort of my own living room. See, uh, uh <laughs> Yeah. No, no. I was gonna make a rude joke, but I won't. Oh wow! Look at you, you're growing. No, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, see, uh, Pat Contry, the author of the book, gave the Marvel Madness NES game three and a half stars. So you know, I was a little too generous, maybe with the uh, with the starring, but whatever. So what does he have to say? You ask. Players take control of an anthropomorphized marble. And must roll through isometric 3D courses in this unique racing game. Using the D-pad, players control a blue marble, and must compete the different complete the different courses in the limited amount of time to move on to the next. What a great cold read, Joe. You're you should be uh, <laughs> you, you're an good audio book reader. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, how much do I think it goes for on eBay? Who cares? Uh, no, Six I, weeks later, it was I, like I, a little I, Susie. <laughs> Actually, I'm a little surprised at what, what, what this goes oh, for. Oh, uh, 99 cents. $7.72 wow, I'm seeing it as. So that's, you, know, uh, you know, a decent video game now. Yeah, they're, they're, these old Nintendo games are becoming harder and harder to find, or people are hoarding them and um, in, artificially inflating the prices for them on eBay. So whatever. And uh, moving on to what have you watched this week? My figure. Um, <laughs> if you, you know, don't watch your figure, no one else will. I tried watching Humanity, and I fell asleep during it because it was really late. And um, I got through the for the first part where he was talking about Caitlyn Jenner and Bruce Jenner, and okay. And then he started doing the chimp routine where he, like he was equating himself be- to like trans transitioning into full on chimp. I thought it was a little hack, and I thought it was a little ham fisted. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kind of dig it. I was like, okay, old man, next. <laughs> what was that like? I, 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 I. I it wasn't funny for me, but it wasn't unfunny. Right. It just to me, it was like okay, a little low hanging fruit kind of shit. No, a lot of it, and I, I like I did. I, I like how he goes the other way instead of being self deprecating. Tells you why he gra- he's why he's so great yeah. and why he's so rich. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. So I didn't. I I fell asleep during the the the, the chimp transitioning. But the only reason I I, I kind of bristled to that one because it's like, isn't the whole argument th- that. We don't want Republicans shaming trans people by saying, oh, what's the next step? You're going to transition into an animal kind of thing, you know? So that only because that this bit reminded me of that conversation, okay. I was like, uh, okay, I know he's making fun of it and I know it's a joke and I know... I know, he, I know, I know it's being sarcastic, but it's just like I can't... I couldn't take myself out of the... the I couldn't take myself out of like, oh, this might not be funny for everybody... Eh, fuck him. Like, well, that, uh, that's what I. What one of the things I did like is when he. But you got to the thing where he was talking about the people torturing the dog, and and he no, called him. I felt no, no, no. Okay, I stopped right there. So, so, so Joe had suggested that was my suggestion last week, and you had suggested drunk stone 
brilliant dead uh the national lampoon documentary which i watched fantastic suggestion yeah i think it was really good i think they 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 got the other surviving founder or they got the surviving co-founder of the national lampoon i can't think of his name he's the other guy not doug kenny the other guy I didn't fall off. Or yeah, the other, or jump. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's up, up in the air. Uh, uh, Cherry got pretty emotional when he was talking about that. I know. You know, it was interesting to see. Uh, I love the archival footage. I like the. You know what was funny about the the docudrama was all the recreation, and they must have seen that archival footage because now that I'm I'm thinking back in it when they had Gilder on the far right when they were actually oh, right. recording they had everybody standing almost lined up identically to the same way that the, the archived uh, the uh, the archived footage had it and it was great seeing that skit about like the football team that, that all has the diseases and uh Harold Ramis is the coach right and then of course you see to see Bill Murray do the black voice <laughs> As the uh, captain of the defense of the football, I would like to uh, say... I, I just want to say something right here. Uh, <laughs> hold on, Simmons. We got something for you. But uh, you were kind of zeroing in on the radio hour aspect because I never read The Lampoon. It was before my time. They, you know, By the time I got into like... And you don't like boobs. Hate it. I mean, you know, <laughs> Why? Why, you know? But it was funny listening to the art director talk about like the different concepts and how... People didn't, you know, like like when they everything was was written except those photos that they always had of Doug Kenny and the partner every week, you know, the photo funnies, the photo funny, which was great. Yeah, but the, then they also talked about its descent after after uh, the guy left. Um, actually, no, after probably like after in the early eighties when they decided they were, they didn't know they didn't know how to compete with the other magazines. Who was the guy? The the sim so. I mean, they they were bringing new talent. They lost a lot of talent to SNL, right? And I think they had Mike Reese and Al, right. and Al Jean were. But by the time that they had a couple years in, like people were still hiring them. At one point, you could get a job writing in television if you wrote on the Lampoon. And they got the phone call, and he goes, "You know, the phone rang one day. I'm like, hello. It's like, you know, we want to hire you. Great, right? We're gonna move you to LA. Great. Didn't ask what show. Didn't ask what it was for. Yep, he just wanted to get out of there because it was just a. It was kind of a toxic environment to work in. At one in. point. But the documentary is great. I love I love the footage. Good suggestion. This week, uh, it's not, I don't think I'm making it my suggestion, but Joe, I watched <laughs> a shitload of Blue Bloods this week. My God. Well, it, just one day. One day. I watched about 12 hours. Okay. So that you that is a shitload, regardless. Yeah. I mean, that, that you're venturing into my wife's territory because she watches like NCIS New Orleans and Bones and... They're like the they're shows that are hits. Don't get me wrong, and they are decent shows. Like they're hits for a reason, but they're just not because my... old shut-ins. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're a young old shut-in. Well, yes, I am because because I spent like the last four days uh, after the doctor's appointment on Tuesday, um, I got dropped off. You know, went to my parents' house, and for close to ninety six hours, other than getting up out of the the big Barker lounger, you know, when I could keep my foot raised and making the 12 foot incredulous journey to the bathroom. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't move off because the doctor was like, your foot's healing, bones are in the right place, but it's too swollen. Stay the fuck off your foot. And I got a busy day Monday. And, and this is the only time I've left the house, honestly, in five days. Uh, but one day I'm like, yeah, I had enough news and MSNBC and all this stuff. And I was getting a lot of work done. And so I hit, um, I hit 
you know, just whatever. I hit a button and Ion, Ion Television, yep. was. I guess he had a marathon. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch this. Honest to God, it was background noise. I had it on mute half the time if I had to focus on sending an email if I was on a conference call. And there was two or three times I had to kind of rewind. I'm like... Is this the same episode? Like, I literally yeah. couldn't. Is it one really long, long episode, or is it different episodes? It's like that yeah. that, that, that mustache of Selix hypnotizes. I, I didn't. I I and I really I you I could have watched the first five minutes of any episode and and written the whole thing. Um, but but it's funny. Like you know, management kept calling, and every time she would call, I would just pick up the phone and scream, "I'm watching Blue Bloods. What do you want?" Uh, <laughs> and she's like, "Still, I'm like, yes. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I lost the remote." <laughs> and uh, I, I honestly, I I knew nothing about the show. I, I think your your mother in law, by the way, said he's pathetic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> well, well played. I didn't know Donnie Wahlberg was was on the show, and he's plays like that cop that walks a line that you know right. is, wants to beat confessions out of people, but that's not how his dad would do it. Who's his boss? Who's the Jets? Yeah, all right. Blue Bloods. Hey, Blue Bloods. You got anything to watch this week? Any suggestions? Um, non pornographic. Like, <laughs> uh, what I'm gonna watch that story. Well, speaking of pornographic, I am gonna watch that Stormy Daniels interview when it airs eventually. Because uh, it was, we're in the middle of March Madness and it's on CBS, so oh right, we, right. We, it could be eight o'clock or whenever when it comes on. But um, you know, we'll catch up with that. Um, I don't know what else am I. I, I, I no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing worth mentioning. Nothing that I want to reveal to the public. Uh, so, uh, you got a parenting tip of the week to end this happy. I never have a parenting tip for the week because I am a bad parent. No, you're not. Yes. You, yes. The first step to healing is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> I'm a bad father. I'm like, uh, Jim Carrey's in Liar Liar. Yeah. Have you seen Liar Liar? Yeah. Have I seen Liar Liar? I'm a bad father. I mean, and he couldn't, you know, when he couldn't he, tell the truth. He, yeah, yeah, and he was. Yeah. Which, now, that's me. Which for a lawyer, not, not, not. not. I'm, not I'm not the lawyer part. Uh, yeah, for me, yeah, I am not a lawyer or a, uh, a multi-million dollar comedian or a great painter. I'm just a. I'm a bad. A parent. great painter. Interesting. Uh, that didn't make it onto the list. What? A great painting. Like Jim Carrey's been in the news oh, for his paintings. Oh this right, week. oh right, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so much in the news cycle. We can't possibly cover it all in one podcast. Oh. Nor should we. Oh, right. But what's your parenting tip? Please end this thing. So, so <laughs> that's my parenting tip of the week. <laughs> Please end this thing. Uh, no, because uh, because the boys did do their their I believe civic duty of getting out there, having the voices heard, making signs, taking taking part and making your voice heard um you know the oldest one is eight years away from voting but it doesn't hurt to get out there plus i haven't told them this yet and i will probably don't know if i'll ever tell them this hippie chicks seem to put out a lot more Boy. <laughs> my parenting tip to my boys is i became look when people ask why i became vegetarian i tell them very honestly i was trying to impress a hippie chick who had fantastic boobs <laughs> And that is my parenting tip of the week. Find a hippie chick. First of all, be a male. Second, be straight. Third, find a hippie chick that has fantastic boobs. And then bend it. And find out whatever cause that she is rallying behind and you champion that. You you got an awful lot of swastikas for a hippie chick. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyways, that's our Hitler. That's That's our Hitler. Well, I, I don't have any more uh, advice. 
So, you have any more uh, funny jokes about women? Oh, I have some. There's that one. <laughs> oh, no, no. Don't forget. 